and welcome to She's the Boss Chats. I'm your host, Jules Brooke, and in the show, I interview amazing women and female founders about what it is that they're doing and why they're doing it. It's all about us lifting up the women around us. Marley Jolanda, I'm so excited to hear your story and share it on She's the Boss Chats. Thank you for having me. Let's see if it's all working now after the 20 different cables. I'm super excited about it. We did have a bit of a laugh because the beginning of this has involved (laughs) at least four different types of headsets to see if we can get it to work. So anyway, Marley, I want to hear all about your story. So let's start with telling everybody what you're doing now and why. Yes. All right. Um, So for those of you who haven't met me yet, my name is Marley Jolanda and my official title is Meaningful Marketing and Business Coach. So currently I'm creating what is called the Meaningful Marketing Academy. But as you would know as well, I started a bit of a side hustle, which kind of got out of hand. So let's call it like that, which is... (laughs) which is called Secrets in Biz Society. So if I look at the key things that I would be doing is to make sure that we help um, either entrepreneurs in missions. I normally specifically work with fempreneurs on a mission yeah. who are people that kind of got out of corporate and really want to help more people either mentally or physically with their amazing products and services within their own business. However, as you would know as well, often we quit our job. And I saw a really funny meme the other day that I think you're going to crack up. Tell me, tell me. Remember how it said, like, there was this elderly man, nice guy, and he had like a cup of coffee and it said, I didn't want to work nine to five anymore. And then you saw this grin on his face. He's like, so now we work 24 (laughs) seven. Yeah. (laughs) That absolutely perfectly encapsulated small business owner. So that's what I would try to prevent. So as a business coach, I help people to turn more potential customers into paying clients through meaningful marketing because it's important that it's relevant to you, but that you also really thought about who your ideal client is. We learn to speak their language with them style. You would know all about that in PR as well. It's really important to bring something across in the values of the person in your audience. And then with uh, Sysenbiz Society, we specifically help women, as I know that you and I are both keen to help to close the gap between men and women in income and influence. Yep, perfect. And, of course, I love tick, 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 ticking all my boxes (laughs) there. So when you say um, it just happened, I was going to say, my next question is why did you set it up? But I'm guessing something small happened that has turned it into something bigger. So tell me. So if I initially look at how I started on my own, it was, so when I came to Australia, actually back to Australia, it's the second time that I came. I did an internship a long time ago. Everything went wrong that could potentially go wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But I ended up in the middle of nowhere with a bunch of horses because I was so passionate about still doing something with the horses. Um, And we had the Ooh, what was it back in the day? The pig flu or something like that that closed the country down so we couldn't oh, travel. Yes. And then I ended up doing an internship in Melbourne. Either ways, returned to the Netherlands, uh, loved Australia. And kind of in my heart, I had one day I want to come back, finish my studies, ended up working for a big corporate so I would be able to get a job overseas because I knew in my heart I wasn't going to stay in that small country. Loved my family and friends, but, you know, 300 days of rain, it just wasn't cutting it for me. (laughs) So (laughs) eventually, initially, I was actually with a Spanish guy at the time. So the reason I uh, applied to to do my internship at a big corporate, I used to work for BMW Group, is because I needed a big name like that on my resume to even have a chance to be able to get a job in a different country, right? Right. 
that was the idea. Actually, um, after three years, it didn't work out. And I kind of tune in and go, if I had like, so it's really interesting. Once again, I saw this image, you know how you can see the W and there was yeah. like we in a in a in an image. Yeah. And then they flipped it and it was back to me. Me. So I think it was, I, I think a lot of people can resonate with that. When you've been in a relationship, it was really serious. You thought you were going to spend the rest of your life with that person. And all of a sudden, so everything is about what do you do together, especially when you live in different countries. So he actually moved to the Netherlands and we managed to make our life work. But then I looked at it going, right, me, what am I going to do? What would I love to do? The same time I discovered a wage gap. So it kind of all came together that couldn't really be resolved. So I was shaking hands, handed in my presentation. <laughs> and I'm going, oh, I feel into this. I'm like, all right, stick to the promise of making the most of life and get your ass back to Australia. Did right. that, did a master, ended up getting a sponsorship opportunity, which didn't work out the first one, which actually meant that I'd start over again. I had 90 days to find another sponsor which is already difficult enough, especially on the Gold Coast, because normally the bigger jobs are in Brisbane, you know, yeah, to be able absolutely. to sponsor. Was lucky to find really lovely people that got me on board. Uh, however, they were in change management on the Gold Coast, not a lot of opportunities. So when they essentially couldn't afford me any anymore, I decided to go on my own, but cautiously, because I didn't want to step but on their toes or anything. Yeah, so how did Sis in Biz, because I want to take you back and we're going to do the whole story yes. of your life, but I'm interested as in, what happened that made you start Sis in Biz? Initially, I was the ambassador of the League of Extraordinary Women, and we hosted the ah, events on the Gold Coast. Right. And I remember before starting on my own, because I never even really thought about that, I went to their events and it gave me so much inspiration to see these powerful women who dare to go, screw this job, I'm going to start on my own and let's see how we go. So I put my hand up to become the ambassador, but after so many years, and I've learned that now too, and I can... I bet you can relate to that too, how much work it is to organize events, right? Yeah. So the league went, lovely all this, but we're going to stop all these local events and we only do the conferences. So essentially they said, thank you so much, but we are not going to host the events anymore. Right. And we had a group of women here on the Gold Coast going, when's the next event? <laughs> and I'm like, right, one day when I have a bit of spare time, because <laughs> we all do, <laughs> of let's try to organize that. So I sat with the idea, met another lovely lady. We were very frustrated about the networking industry in general. Like you yep. would go somewhere, either you get tackled by a business card ninja or a random guy would hit onto you. It was just not really pleasant. So yep. we looked at, let's see if we can do something and we eliminate anything that isn't working for women. So that's the reason why we did that. Right. Starting with the mastermind. And then I decided, well, I love this idea of bringing people together and still getting speakers so we can learn from another. And our model is based on what we call win, win, win. So we looked at, can we support local? Can we support charities? Can we give back? Can we? So all of a sudden we brought that together and we did officially launch, which is called Social Season Bits, the monthly oh, okay. events with the speakers. And the other models, the one we started with is Supreme, which was the mastermind with 12 ladies boardroom style to help each other out, all uh, sold out quickly. So we had to come up with the third, which is called Synergy, which is our referral network. Right. Wow. Amazing. And when did you start it? The first trial was essentially, we got together December 2018. 2019 was the first year we ran okay. Supreme, the mastermind. Yep. I did it with a, a lovely lady who 
um, had an employee background. So she was keen to get people together for high tea. But I realized we need goals. We need uh, systems. We need to keep each other accountable because coming together for a high tea is great. But if we're not measuring our goals or something, how can we ever really get somewhere? So I put a lot of time and effort into it. And I noticed that she wasn't necessarily into it. So she ended up moving to Brisbane and I asked her permission to actually take the model and make it my own and sort of get to the next level. So she gave my uh, the permission. I created the branding. So we officially launched Secret Sism Biz Society in January 2020. Okay. With social events. Good timing. <laughs> Good. Oh, don't even get me started. So January 2020, the whole model was based on in-person events. Great. Starting in March, maybe, weren't it? Yeah. <laughs> So that was a great start to go January, February, and then we started to feel the pressure. However, I was still, I had no idea that it would ever hit us. I was like, oh, that's a thing in China. Don't worry about it. Right. <laughs> so we learned a lot, uh, went online like the majority of all of us, um, learned a lot through the process also with what kind of women were a good fit. Yeah. And came out on the other end in a certain way with the right people. And now to the point where we have a waiting list for all the memberships. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. But congratulations. That Thank is fantastic. You. All right. Now, you just alluded very, very quickly to your story. But let's yeah. take you back to the Netherlands. <laughs> yeah. um, and I don't know, when you were maybe in early high school, like what yeah. was school like for you? What sort of a family did you grow up in? And, uh, and and did you go right the way through school? Tell me all. Yes. Um, so imagine sitting in high school, gray, you know, walls, boring, looking outside, yep. more gray, rain. <laughs> so I was like, I don't think this is the country for me. I figured that one out quite early. Oh, really? However, While you were at school, you decided yes. that you were going to live somewhere else. Yes. What sort of a family did you grow up with? Uh, I mean, loving, uh, loving family, I believe. So I believe my parents provided us with anything you would possibly want for your children. So perfect. my dad was an entrepreneur as well, ran his own workshop, started as an apprentice in at BMW. Yeah. Or at least in the car industry. They reached out to him saying, we'd like to make you an official dealer. But he realized that they would sort of control whatever he was doing there. Yes, and he politely said no. Okay. So he ended up, which I also think is really cool. So I learned a lot from my parents as a team because yeah. when he wanted to start on his own, my mom was actually a bit better at studying and you needed a certain certificate to be allowed to start. So they decided to both do the studies to get. So if either one right. of them wouldn't get it, the other could still get. So as Clever. a team, yeah, it's so cool. So they got together. My mom was 18, I believe, yeah. uh, when she met my dad and uh, both like post-war kids and, you know, Coming Very out of big families. To, to marry, which, and you look at it now and go, God, they were all such babies. Yeah. My mum was 21 when she had me, like. 18. I'm like, know, yeah. I was getting drunk in the United States when I was <laughs> I 18. So, okay, that's the next. So, honestly, uh, I believe that my parents, I hope that one day I can provide my kids with what my parents gave me. Yeah. A safe home, all the love you can imagine. All right. They didn't really know how to express emotions or those kind of things. They were never taught. We disguised everything under a sense of humor like we just yeah, yeah. you know and you had to be very witty so i remember a girlfriend saying i love your family but i need to walk in guarded because i know like they're very <laughs> sharp i'm like oh that sounds a bit stressful so beautiful family um showing me hard work and that's something that now i have to deal with sometimes because we come from a long line of workaholics 
And ah, okay. that is something that now, all that we do now is going, no, 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 work smarter, not harder. That's one of the key things I had to go through myself. Right. I honor it. But now instead of wearing that as a badge of honor, I'm going, come on, there's a better way for this. So that is essentially the upbringing. My mother was able to then stay at home. You know, my dad was providing the work. Did you have many brothers or sisters? One who is three and a half years older, very competitive. Yeah. Uh, Sis- a, sister? Uh, no, a brother. A, a brother. brother. Okay. So a bigger brother who was protective, you know, those kind of things. Essentially, I had two fathers because the other one was normally yeah. working and he oh, it was just challenging. So great, great dynamics. Two women, two men. So we kind of learned, you know, from each yep. other. Yep. Um, then from there in high school, the majority of my friends started studying something. I kind of knew what they were doing. The only thing I knew is that I wanted to get the hell out of their country. Right. That was what I knew. But so, no particular affinity with different subjects or anything. Yet. It was like, it doesn't matter what it is. I'm just getting out. Well, you know what the fun bit was? And I think you would pick that up quickly. I was pretty good at talking. gets you a long way in this world (laughs) so what i did also back in the days i wasn't really good at math and that became a bit of a limiting belief when i was running the business as i always told myself i'm not good at numbers and that is something that often us women struggle with running our own business because we stick our head in the sand yep i've been known to say that and i'm going oh accounting like I, i procrastinate on that whenever i can because it's just such a you know it's not my my favorite thing to do when I did that, they did say to me, you're either good with numbers or good with languages. Well, guess which one I chose? Languages. <laughs> so oh, I learned so what five. languages? Five. Which ones? Tell us so all. Dutch is my, my mother tongue. Yeah. And in school, they taught us German and French. I also have German family, so that's quite easy. And then, um, so we had uh, German and French. And then... When I was... So and English, was, obviously. Well, a little bit of English, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so English. And when I uh, chose my bachelor, I chose Spanish because initially I wanted to go to Mexico. I thought that's a cool country. It is but a cool country. I ended up going to Spain because my grandmother was a bit sick. I just came back from Australia. I was worried I wouldn't be able to come back in time if I went to Mexico as well. Chose Spain, fell in love <laughs> with the Spanish guy. Okay, so, so stop, stop, stop. So. So you went to Spain, and I yes. love it um, that that you uh, that that you learned that language, and then yes. you went there to work. Was that the idea? No. So from high school, seventeen went to the United States to learn what it was to be overseas on a high school. Oh program. my goodness! So what, why the US? Countries. Why the US? I thought, and I think that's because we grew up with American television, television. right? You yep. know, watching Friends, and I just thought that that was the dream country. So ended up doing a high school program there whilst the rest of my friends all knew what they wanted to do and were proceeding right. with their studies all in Dutch. So then I went to the United States, learned that the grass is not greener on the other side. No. <laughs> learned a lot, had a great time, met great people, improved my English. But where, it, where it, it wasn't green. I We flew into New York with 50 students and we had yeah. buddies and we discovered it. And then we were all fl- flown to our host families. Yeah, so I was, was sent yours? to Broomfield, Legacy High which is an hour from Denver in Colorado. Okay, but that's supposed to be a pretty cool part of America. It is. And I uh, was there in the best year, the half a year when they do, uh, ha- uh, what is it? Halloween, Christmas, all the oh, fun things. Okay, great. Okay, so you did that for a school project. Yeah. Then you went, went home, finished school, and what did you do for your degree? Spanish. So then what I did in the meantime, when I came back, I didn't want to enter mid 
half the year because yep. I wanted to start with everybody new. So I started working full time for half a year. However, I think I was earning three euros and 75 cents an hour or something like that. <laughs> it was a lot back in the days, but I realized quick enough, oh my God, this full time job thing, it's not quite what it seems to be either. However, it sparked my attention. I was running a lunchroom, which was called Australian Homemade. And I saw this animal platypus and I'm like, this looks like a beaver meets a duck. What the hell is this? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So I promised I'm going to see this animal uh, for real, real one time. So that spiked my interest in Australia, chose okay. an English study. So the rest of all my friends normally chose something and studied in Dutch. And I really wanted to study in English. So right. I chose an education, which was still within driving range to my house. But we had 70% of my class was international. So I had people from Mexico, Russia, Lovely. Germany, you name it. So we became a very international and they motivated you to go overseas when doing the bachelor. I started uh, with the name International Business and Management Studies and then chose communications, eventually communications and marketing as my major, went to um, so where did I go first? Australia, right? Because I knew I wanted to see this platypus. So you did that as like a backpacker at uni, did you? Or no, had you finished? Internship. 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 It was during. Okay. Internship in Australia. Then I came back uh, choosing Spain over Mexico because I was worried about my grandmother. And I was right. She did die that time. And oh. I was there in time to say goodbye. And also, can I say, Mexico, having watched Breaking Bad and all those kind of things, I don't think you really want to go down there with in, with the uh with all the drug cartels and all that kind of thing. So I'm glad you chose Spain. And then you fell in love. Yeah, so in Spain, um, fell in love with a Spanish guy and thought we were going to spend the rest of our lives together, went back to the Netherlands, and did, he did moved you, to the Netherlands. Did you work in, in Spain during no. that period? Okay, Not yet. So I was Follow studying that. there when we met, and then yeah. we were like, well, what are we going to do now? He was trying to enter a university, but his <laughs> English wasn't good enough. And his right. French, he essentially couldn't speak anything else than Spanish. Right. But the good okay. thing is I learned Spanish really, really well because nobody else could say that. And when you think you're going to be there the rest of your life, it's much easier to learn something and, and stick to it. it. It's very true, actually, because um, I lived in London for about five or six years and my boyfriend at the time lived in share houses because in England, because of the EU, they had said you could come and learn English as a second language for free. Mm. So all these Spaniards were coming over. And um, and then we went over there to, to visit some of them. And I remember being astounded because, you know, you have that arrogance as an English speaker that you think everyone will be able to do it. And I got over there and not nobody knew English and I didn't have a, any Spanish to my uh, name at all. And it was really difficult. It's quite surprising considering it's Europe that, you know, yeah. that uh, that there wasn't any any, any English really. Yeah, it was, a, it was a great challenge. However, you become smart at it because often yeah. when you can repeat things. So when somebody says, my name is, or what is your name? Often you repeat similar words in the same sentence. So you become right. smarter at those kind of things. But the most important thing, uh, it comes from the book Talent Code, I believe from Daniel Coyle. Yeah. To be able to learn new skills when you have a long-term vision, it's easier to learn it quickly and to keep it and to become really good at it. Right. Well, you're obviously really good at languages and some people are really good. That It's just a bit of a blank spot with me. So, okay, so you and your boyfriend moved. Where did you go to next? Back to the Netherlands. And then he moved uh, in with us initially. And I thought I need to prepare for a life in Spain. So let's do my internship at 
in the Netherlands because he just moved to the Netherlands. So it would be a little bit harsh if I'm like, well, I'm going back to Australia. <laughs> bye. You know? So I'm like, all right, I need to find headquarters in the Netherlands with a name big enough that I could get a good job in Spain because they had a very high unemployment rate, 50% for people our age. So we right. had a whole plan to go, I'll go back. I'll do a master in Spanish because I can improve my language and get that on my resume too then plus the big name on my resume i'm sure i can do something that was the idea thinking so strategically at trying. That age. and then uh three options i had you might know philips you know with the the lights and everything yes. that's in the netherlands the second option was marsh you know the chocolate bar yeah good thing i didn't end up there i would have eaten them all you could have rolled me by now <laughs> <laughs> and bmw and i just felt this connection because of my dad i've always had this obsession you know with with bmw yes. And I applied and actually they were looking for an intern in the PR department. And it's always interested ah, me. Ah, right. So I'm going, all right, journalist, I can do a bit of talking. I think I can do this. <laughs> so the funniest thing at the interview, when they interviewed, they, were, uh, they invited me at this big car show in the Netherlands. And they're like, you probably already had planned to come. And I was like, hell no. <laughs> I never go there. But so now like, I will. <laughs> I'll be there. So they put me on the guest list. It was just a really good experience. I learned a lot from uh, my manager, the coordinator. So that was BMW. Got hired as an intern. Chose uh, a topic that was new, social media. Yeah. Which meant that I did a thesis on the impact of social media on the reputation management of big corporates like BMW Group. Because of that, I won the graduation prize for that. And they offered out of the 19 interns, only two people a job. And I was one of them. Right. And so this was in the PR comms department, was it? Initially, yes. So they started in the PR department. However, the dynamic was sort of shifting there and they wanted to move social media under customer relationship management because okay. with one tweet, you had 24 hours to follow up. Whilst yep. previously, BMW had the power to say, you can wait a few months because we'll send you a letter back. <laughs> right, right. So it switched um, and then they moved me into a different department and I was sort of uh, boopsy enough to not use ballsy. And I said, <laughs> yeah. I'm willing to do that. So I went from intern to junior coordinator and then I applied. I said, I'm happy to move to that department if you give me the title of manager. So then you were a manager. <laughs> there you go. If you don't ask, you don't get. So before That's I right. turned 25, I was promoted twice in a year and a half at a big corporate like BMW. It came with a lot of pressure. I was nearly in hospital. My hair was falling out, so it wasn't necessarily oh, all healthy. Right. Uh, and that was also one of the reasons why I looked at my life going, this is too much. This is not all the little signs. And then I discovered the wage gap that couldn't be resolved. I have to, I think it's you have to be a little bit careful how you bring those things up because it wasn't necessarily them. They tried, but they have a budget they have to stick to. And you can only hire so many, uh, what they call FTEs, full-time employees. Because Germany goes, here's your allocation, because the, the headquarters are in Germany. Yeah. So they had a budget and they had to work with that budget. So they sort of creatively tried to put me in the, the company. But Germany simply said, you need to run with that budget. And uh, that was it. So they couldn't even offer me more. Right. Which sounds actually, I don't believe that. But anyway. <laughs> I agree. So I'm going, see you later. <laughs> yeah. So I, I sat with it and I looked at my life and I'm going, this is just all too hard. Um, then the relationship ended as well. So with right. the Spanish guy and my whole life was upside down and I'm going, 
I need to restart. Big change, yep. yep. Yeah. And, and so I love traveling at times like that. Sat with it going, what do I really want? And I knew in my heart, it said, come back to Australia. So I quit my job, moved back home for a little time to, um, so I, I was accepted at Griffith University to do okay. a master in business. Yeah. But then my dad um, was diagnosed with cancer. Mm-hmm. So I decided to stay at home, help my mom through all the operations. We we knew he was coming out, or at least you don't dare to say that because in the moment you don't know. No. He did come out on the other end. So then when that was sort of finished, I so I delayed it only with six months. And then I came to Australia in July 2012, did my okay. master, ended up in a sponsorship opportunity that didn't work out. Great people just didn't work out. Was lucky enough to find another one in change management couldn't really afford the salary that I wanted if I was not on a sponsorship. And then we looked at some opportunities. I even went for an interview, I believe, at like Optus or or Foxtel or something big. Yeah, yeah, one of the big ones. Yeah, and then uh, it was either that or nothing. And that didn't work out. And I'm going, I think I need to go on my own. Went to a professional development seminar, signed up for $15,000 to uh, support and business courses. And I'm Dutch. I don't invest that easily so it just felt right yeah Yeah. exactly i'm like i'm the one to like not like do all the research before you invest but it felt right they kind of had these success students on the on the screen and they're like would you like to be one of those and i'm like yep and we made it happen (laughs) wow that is amazing yeah absolutely amazing and so and then that's now bringing us up to date, is it? Yes. Yeah, so and, and the other thing is, have, on you, my own. have you met somebody else? Have you got kids? I didn't ask any of those. Not kids. yet, no. So no, no, I did meet come. somebody. Well, that was the, the fear that I had, and I, I believe a lot of people can resonate with that. Uh, met my beautiful partner in uh, 2015. So we last week we had our six-year anniversary. Oh, congratulations. And he's uh, he was born in Austria, but his family took him here. He was two years old, grew up in Jimboomba, saw five kangaroos in his life. Like, so it's... Right. <laughs> we have different backgrounds, but I loved his European heritage still because yeah. you can sort of resonate with that. So he's a financial planner. He's good with numbers. So you kind of attract, you know, the opposite. Yeah. He's very Zen and an introvert. I'm very outgoing. <laughs> so uh, came a long way. We're living... Um, in this place now for five years and on the Gold Coast. It's near the beach. It's a resort. So we love it here. However, we're looking at investing to be able to get a home with a backyard so we can have our own puppy. So there are certain stages you'd like to do. So you got fur babies. I We actually helped. What is it? No, we saved a foster puppy last year in COVID because I'm going, Aww. when I dedicate myself to a fur baby or a baby, I want to be there. Yeah, And normally now we're pretty much gone for the meetings and outdoors. So we did the foster puppy. I then said, love to have a puppy, but then with the proper backyard. So they have some space to run. And here it's more near to the beach. So we don't really have a backyard. Yeah, right, right. So there's these steps to go. Here's the next step for us. But the problem for him right now is I made a big thing out of him having to propose uh, whilst asking my parents in person. And guess where my parents are at? And, and they're back in, in Holland, aren't they? Yep. So it's a little bit difficult for him to now ask them in person. So the whole engaging, marrying is pushed back. So you have to do it in person. He's not allowed to do a Zoom. All right. No. So <laughs> if this takes so much longer, I'm going to have to rethink it. But it was really important to me. And I told him the first year. So if he and I told him twice before he was going to see them to go, 
you know, remember you see my Ask parents. now if you want yeah, to. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm going, sometimes guys love them very much, but they're not as strategic as us. They really aren't. So he didn't do that. And I'm going, well, that's your problem because I made it really like clear to you that that's important to me because I have a good relationship with my family. I didn't try to get away from them or something. And essentially, it's not about being super religious or traditional. It's more to face my parents to go, you know, are you okay with building a life with your daughter on the other side of the world? building a family and we'll try the best to keep you involved, but you won't always be able to be there and we won't won't always be able to be here with you. I think that's something you kind of want to do personally. Right. No, that's really good. It's a good idea because I met my husband when I lived in London and he rang um, Australia because he, so he proposed to me and then I said, you really should speak to my dad. <laughs> uh, he rang my dad. It was March the 31st in London. It was April the 1st in Australia. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and Jokes. my dad answered the phone and said, is this an April Fool's joke? <laughs> That's funny. That's and funny. same thing, really close family, three brothers, yeah. very, very close, all, all great. So, um, yeah. But anyway, I got the permission, married him, and 15 no. years later left him. So there yeah. you go. Yeah, it happened. <laughs> okay. you know, things happen as well. So indeed, of we'll course. see, because with that, we indeed have the plan to go. I'd like to do it traditionally to get have an engagement party in the Netherlands and Australia. Yeah, great. But we'd like to do the wedding in Vietnam or something where it's a direct flight for both. I just want to travel. That's the only thing I want to do. Yeah, <laughs> so, I hear And you. then um, back to work for about six months because I don't like to book things too close to each other. It's like having a trip and then... So it's like going to a nice restaurant and maybe two months later go again so it doesn't become too normal. Does that make right. sense? Yep, yep. So when we are in Vietnam for the wedding and we have all the family there, we're not going to go on a honeymoon because everybody's there so we'll spend time with it. Maybe go away too nice to just recover from yeah. it all but yeah. come back and spend time with the families probably the only time our families are going to be in the same spot yeah true all of them true so yep. then we'll go back to normal life for about six months and then we actually want to plan maybe two or even three months on a long honeymoon to south america because i speak the language it's uh, kind of yes. helpful we i have friends who live there because i studied with a lot of them so we're super keen to do that properly and then the whole idea was to stop the pill when i come home and, and try for them and off you go then oh how exciting yeah and have uh, the businesses set up in a way that i could actually spend time with them so that's the most important thing yeah yeah mm. oh well i just love it. i love it that you're planning ahead now next question is are there any women i know the answer is going to be yes here but i'm just i guess i'm looking for any special women yes. that have really helped you with your career or your business along the way and if so, do you want to name them and tell them who, who tell us who they are? Because it's always, Definitely. I just feel like a lot of women don't get talked about and I they're agree. amazing support. And so this is an opportunity for you to name some names if there's some yeah. great women that have helped you. Thank you for that great question, because that yeah, is a pleasure. massive win for everybody, right? I think so. Firstly, I have to really acknowledge my mother. And the interesting bit is that my mom I remember one time, because me and my brother used to fight quite a bit. I think you can, <laughs> you can relate that. to that about. <laughs> um, one time she said, it's a bit shocking. I taught you how to speak and you guys make me shut up. Ooh. Right? So there were certain things. My mother always thought that she wasn't as smart as us because she didn't go to college. She didn't do the bachelor's that we did. So she kind of positioned herself in a way to go, you guys must be smarter than me because you have all these degrees, right? But all the wisdom that really got me through the most difficult struggles in mom. my life was from my mom. And my mom got it from my uh, dad's mother because her mom died. It's actually quite sad. The day she heard she was pregnant with me, but you don't know yet. You know, it was just like, congratulations, yeah. you're pregnant. You don't know if it's a boy or a girl, whatever. 
was on the Friday and her mother passed away on the Monday because she had a double mastectomy that was too late and she uh. passed away of cancer. Then a year and a half later, her dad passed away of cancer too. So within the span wow. of two years, she lost both her parents. And that must have been so difficult for her so with difficult. two little kids, a toddler and a baby and a husband who loved her very much but was always working. Yeah. So her nickname was the widow because she kind of went everywhere on her own. So long line of women who are independent and strong and a little bit stubborn because if she would have told my dad I need you to be there, he would. So we see a little bit of that repeating now with my brother and partner and all, but they grow and learn together. You heal together. It's beautiful. Of so course. I really want to acknowledge my mom for the wisdom that she wasn't even aware of. That she passed on from her mother, uh, my other grandmother, you know, those kind of things yeah. like count your blessings one by one every day. Absolutely. So number one, my mother. Number two, I would have to say all the strong women in their life. So my parents gave us permission to build a strong network of inspiring people and not necessarily be stuck with family you don't really like to hang out with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know it sounds a bit hard. So my family gave themselves permission to go, we love you all, but actually we're not really a good match. And they have this beautiful friend group that became family. So I call all of them uncle and auntie. And yeah, for me, lovely. there's no difference between being blood related or not, which also gave me permission to be able to restart my life here in Australia and pick people that I now consider my family. Yeah, beautiful. You so know, the I strong think people there, aunties, the ones that are not necessarily related, but I realized they're also entrepreneurial. My manager at BMW, because she was essentially, so I moved from ah. one to the other never expected her to have any kids because she was you know like living the life with fancy things and i just never saw her with poop diapers <laughs> and she walked in one day going i got big news and we all thought she was like promoted or something and she said i'm pregnant we nearly fell wow. off the chair so she was i believe 37 or 38 i believe i was 24 so she gave me permission to not be in a rush with kids yeah, great Right. So that was very inspiring. And then coming here to Australia, some of the beautiful women like you, like other strong women that do it all, but acknowledge to go, you know, it's okay to not always have your happy mask on and be realistic. That's right. and That's so right. I, I have to honor all of you for giving us uh, permission to follow your dreams, give it the best you've got, but also dare to be vulnerable and honest with the right people, I have to say, because we also got some stabs in the back every now and then, right? To say, okay, today is not a good day, or I'm trying the best I can, but you don't have to do it all on your own. No, and nothing has to be perfect is the other big thing. You know, like we chase perfection and say, I can't start the website, can't do this, can't do that until it's ready. Mm -hmm. And actually you could, you can just do it and you can tweak it later. Mm -hmm. So that's great. Thank you for sharing those. Now, talk to me about since you've been running your own business, <clears throat> We all have ups and downs. It's very, very rare that someone says, this is where I want to be and then follows a straight line to get there. So can you talk to me about some pivotal moments um, in your business? Often I would have to say, I used to say, tell me about your successes and failures, but actually we know that we learn from failures really mm -hmm. rather than successes. Successes are all about mm -hmm. celebrating. So have you had some challenges like that along the way that you'd be up for sharing? I do. And yes, I'm more than happy to share. When I started on my own in 2016, firstly, I was a little bit worried that I didn't want to step on the toes of my previous employers because they were such beautiful people. They got me my permanent residency. We're still good friends. So yeah. I wanted to make sure that I wouldn't take their clients or something like that. So I took a bit of time, did the NIS program, which is a government oh, yeah. incentive. 
to be able to start your own business ended up presenting for Nice later because they go, <laughs> oh, you got a good mouth. Let's come and train our, our participants. Uh, yeah. Um, so I think the statistic is that about 80, no, 90% of first businesses fail. So when I did the business plan for Nice and I now look back at it, I'm like, I didn't really end up doing any of this. <laughs> but it was a good practice to go. The company name is still that. It was expertise on demand, but I wasn't quite sure what services I could then do. So I did a bit of this and a bit of that. And that is something that when you learn those things, those are the exact things I now help my clients with. When they come to me and they're like, oh, I can do this and I can do that. I can do that. I'm like, nope, focus. Who's your ideal one. client? Choose yep. one. Who is your ideal client and what is your irresistible offer? And we'll take it from there. You can still do different things, but you've got to focus on one thing at a time. So yep. I learned through that didn't really work, meaning working your bum off and not really earning a decent income. Then looked at the option to go right in coaching. But here's the key thing that happened. I was hiding behind partner companies. So I didn't necessarily dare to go on my own. Right. Was hiding behind other companies on like a split commission base or something. So essentially I was still doing all the work and then ended up handing over 50% of my income. And then I'm like, okay, this is not necessarily profitable either. Way I could do this. <laughs> <laughs> so learned a lot, thanked them very much, moved on to other opportunities. Then I got, uh, so the company I invested in for the personal development, in the end, it ended up being about 30K. Flew to Sydney five times, did six courses twice over three years because I wanted to become that success student, right? I might be a little right. bit of a high achiever. I'm not sure. Uh, what it could be. Uh, there is no <laughs> doubt at all that's coming across. So with that, um, I felt really honored because essentially they reached out to me to go, we see potential in you to become a partner where we train you one-on-one -on -one and then we share uh, a percentage or something like mm -hmm. that. And so I was honored to be personally trained by, by these great guys. And then both of them extended the family and they're like, we don't really have time to do this anymore. So we're going back to our core model and uh, we're gonna have to say no to this opportunity. So initially I felt that was my big opportunity. And then on, I realized, snack. I'm like, well, gone. what am I gonna do on my own? Then I, I realized bet. this is the time for me to go on my own. Yes. And that's when I launched a season biz. So I went on on my own to get better at the coaching side of things, embrace the, the feeling around season biz to go, this is really something. However, initially not necessarily profitable. So we got big, ideas to go national and international, as you can resonate with this as well. For me, it wasn't about the money in the beginning at all, but we got to lead by example. And the more money that us women have, the more good things we do with that. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Wow. So what an amazing thing. Okay. Now talk to me when you love your job and it's your own business. One of the things that many people do is, particularly women, is overwork. Mm -hmm. um, and you're from a family of workaholics. You've already told me that. Um, and don't give themselves time out. But I cannot tell you, uh, I think I've interviewed about 150 women now. I reckon at least half of them are burnt out because they have pushed themselves too far. Yeah. So my question to you is, how are you juggling work and life? Like, do you have set times? How do you get time out? Yeah, really good question, honestly, because that is like you are addressing key problems that we have, right? Mm. It's like recognizing that um, obesity is an issue and yep. anxiety and depression. So thank you for highlighting this topic. Among women, I think that might be the number one biggest issue that we all have. When you say, how are you managing or juggling? My first response was, I'm not. <laughs> but <laughs> I will tell you what happens when you are managing it well. 
often when you work with clients, it's a beautiful mirror and we say things to them that we should be doing ourselves. Exactly. <laughs> I have a tool, it's called Ideal Week and I share it with my clients so they can block out in their calendars me time, exercise, time kids, yep. meal prep, time out, whatever it is. So honestly, when I use that for myself, it works quite well. Here's the trick that happened. Once you start business number two and business number three, you're going to have to redo <laughs> this ideal week uh, and get certain that. things off the plate. So yesterday I, I was I, up until one. I guess what I'm interested in, though, is do you say mainly the weekends are about um, not working? I yes. guess it's about taking time out to nurture your relationship, yes. nurture yourself and have some sort of headspace. Yes. And and a lot of the reason why I ask it is because I talk to a lot of mums and mums are particularly juggling everything. Yeah. Um, and it's very hard to work, you know, to be distracted. So, I mean, with me, I used to say, okay, weekends are for the kids and after 3 or after yeah. 3.30 when they get home, yeah. that's for them. And then maybe after they've gone to sleep, I would do a bit more if it had to be done or I yeah. much prefer getting up early in the morning. But are you like working all through the weekends or are you giving yourself time out? Recently, so I have around the financial year I have. However, normally I don't. So the whole goal is to work smarter, not harder and make sure that we are working less than nine to five, else we're better off in a yep. job yep. so yes normally it's actually the mondays and the fridays monday admin friday outdoor so we kind of take that off three days of coaching okay. and setting up sis and this with my amazing ambassador team and all the systems to run without me so essentially yes we're getting there the reason i have been spending more time personally you love it so it's really it's hard to call something work that you love I know. however to set up the systems which took me a little bit more time to figure it out even with an expert team. So I paid other people to help me set it up and invest in these tools and stuff for me to figure it out because I want to lead by example. So I first want to do things myself so I understand it and then be able to train the team. Yeah, okay. Sounds good. I think that that's um, a really good way to prioritize things. Okay, here we go with a funny little question out of nowhere that a journalist suggested to me and I love the answers I get. The question is, is there a quirky fact about you that most people don't know that you'd be up for sharing? I had to think about that one. It's a really know, fun it's a, one. It's a different, <laughs> it's a hard question, isn't it? And I wanted to do, indeed quirky, like a bit funny. Yep, something a bit weird and wonderful. <laughs> I think what people might not know about me is that I hold various certifications of being uh, a ninja. What do you mean? <laughs> So you can like, imagine growing up with a brother, he kind of wanted a brother. So what he did is train me as a ninja. So he dressed me up in the ninja outfit oh, yeah. and I learned ninjaku. I learned all these things. Oh and my he, goodness. He painted, like he actually uh, created certificates for me to go to the, it was really cute if you look oh, at it. My, my mom goodness. still has them. So I have uh, various certifications made by my brother as a, as a professional. Just Say you're a qualified ninja. ninja. <laughs> so we watched Karate Kid many times. Oh, well, that is just a brilliant answer. <laughs> I love that. Okay, now the very last question is only because I love my phone. Yes. Um, I have an iPhone. Uh, from the day I got it in 2007, I became obsessed with all the different apps and things you could do. I know not everybody works off their phone, but to me, I was saying that to someone yesterday. I said, you almost could get rid of my laptop. I do 90% yes, of my work off one. my phone. Awesome. Um, 
So my question to you is, are there a couple of useful apps for business that you've used on your phone? Business. Well, one of the things that I've done, and I put it because I saw the question going, let me be prepared. We have a beautiful Susan Biss. Uh, She is KonMari certified. Do you know the lady who helps with organization? In oh, the yeah. house, so Spark oh, Joy. Marie, yes, yes, Marie yes, Kondo. Yes. So she yep. flew to London and was certified. She's in Sisabiz. So she helped both with organization in my house, but also digital declutter. So what she helped me do is sort out all these apps and put it in business, personal, and different to yes, put I it on one that. side. Yep. So when I even open the apps for business, uh, I love ClickUp. Ooh, so what's ClickUp? That is, so you know how you have management systems like Trello and Asana? Yep, yep. ClickUp is even better than that. And essentially, you can click into that, have all your tasks and everything at your fingertips, be able to communicate with your team. So you kind of feel in control. So that's one of the ones that I really, really like. Yeah, sounds great. Another business one is InShot. So even when we applied for the awards, for example, you can grab a little video, put in an InShot, put your logo or some music or something on it. So it's an easy video editing app. Oh, that sounds like a good one as well, InShot. And Canva is also a great one. Yeah, Canva, if you look at being able to update your socials, but you can do, so another sis who's really trained me in this, Joe, and she uh, told me there's much more you can do with Canva. So you can edit videos, you can create a little GIF. So if you look at my email signature, the moving parts in that are all All from from Canva. Canva. So there's so many cool things you can do with there. And the last one I'll share, um, Sync. So Sync is an app, you know how back in the is days. Is this S-Y-N-C? S-Y-N-C, yes. Yeah. So yeah. back in the days, you would have to plug in your phone to your computer to get all the photos uploaded and it took yes. freaking ages. So now, unless you have the cloud backup and then it becomes quite pricey sometimes, if you have just a few photos you quickly want to share on your desktop, you upload them in the Zinc folder, uh, your Sync folder and ta-da, they're directly on your laptop. Wow. Amazing. Oh, I love all of those. Thank you. You're obviously a woman who who loves her, her phone as much as I do. So one more question. Do you play any games on your phone? Honestly, um, no. I believe Facebook is what, you know, you end up in the scroll <laughs> hole and then hours later you're like, what That's just true. happened? That's However, true. I will have a look at one of the key things that you will know. And I am pretty sure you met more Dutch people. You know how excited we are about deals and discounts and all those yes. kind of things. We are like really good at collecting points and those things. So from personal, uh, I love uh, Shopback is the best one. So when you sign up to that one, I'll shoot you the link. You essentially get cash back on the things that you normally already order. So if you ever going to use any alcohol in the future, order via the app. You can pick it up an hour later from Dan Murphy's and you get uh, cash back straight into your account. Right. There's Lovely. a lot of things you can see. Meyer, David Jones, Group, you name it. It's yeah. all in there. And I'm going, ooh, you're not buying things you don't need, but you are getting deals and discounts and yeah, money that. back. So there's two, shop back and cash rewards. The other one that I believe is helpful now, if you're looking at your ideal week and having a certain structure, I was put on a certain diet. It's not really a diet because you're allowed to eat everything as long as it fits in a certain number. So the My Fitness app, helps me to stick to what is called, if it fits your macros, a certain diet to help me eat enough. Because I get so 
busy that I forget to eat or something like that. Oh, you're one of those women. (laughs) And you just snack all day. So one time my partner found me once again in the cupboard and he's like, do you have a hobby of standing next to the open (laughs) cupboard door? And I'm like, okay, so my body was getting depleted by not getting the right foods. Right. Right. So then the trainer helped me to go connect these two apps. So one is called the Garmin uh, Connect. Oh, yes. So this one reminds me when the hell I need to eat. So it actually goes off three times a day, 11 a.m., 2.30 p.m., 6.30 p.m. And then the other app allows me to connect my diet and my exercise structure. So I can see everything that's going in and out of my body, the calories and all that. And it's really much easier to stay on track with your health, even sleeping and um Quanta's wellness app, you can get points for that, gives you points if you complete <laughs> your walking exercises. So everything is connected and everything is accumulating. Points. Oh my God. When I when I meet you at some stage, you can take me through all of these coupons and rewards <laughs> and cashbacks. You're hilarious. Well, Marley, yeah. I have just absolutely loved this interview. Thank you me so too. much for sharing your story Thanks. with me. Now, tell everyone, what is the best way for them to be able to get a hold of you or yeah. sign up to any of your programs? Yeah, thank you for giving me that opportunity. And thank you so much for having me on. I feel honored, especially with we had just met and then we jumped on the call and then we were both featured in uh, Women to Watch. In the you made magazine. The front cover, awesome. So I'm like, these are all signs. And then you connected <laughs> me with the beautiful Jess from Geek Super. So I really want to thank you and all you do getting us on board, being so generous in your connection so that's awesome thank you so much for people to reach me it's you know at the moment we have the link tree slash marley jalanda which shows all my socials right okay which is helpful but simply go to the website marleyjalanda.com you can get more interactions in our facebook group as well for season biz where we share cool tools tips just like you do as well with um she's the boss i would say connect on on my facebook that's where you can best find me and right. shoot me a message if I can help with anything or connect to anybody. Oh, brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Mali. Thank you so much for your time and please keep inspiring us. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of She's the Boss Chats. For more information and to find out about our other initiatives, including our weekly lunch for female founders and our TV show, go to she'stheboss.com.au. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of She's the Boss Chats. For more information and to find out about our other initiatives, including our weekly lunch for female founders and our TV show, go to she'stheboss.com.au.